this is the time where we're gonna be coming and sharing some testimonies here. And so just in just a little bit, uh, you're gonna hear from one of our uh, faithful members here, Dick Simmons, and you're gonna hear his testimony, what God has been doing in his life in just a little bit. Uh, you're gonna hear another testimony of healing in a little bit uh, shortly after that through video. And then as I've been mentioning to you for the past few weeks, we're gonna have a time where we, I'm just calling them one minute testimonies. And uh, maybe they're a minute, maybe they're uh, a few seconds after that or whatever, but this is an opportunity. And again, I'm gonna be encouraging you to really think about uh, something that you are grateful that God has been doing in you, maybe in your family or around you uh, in 2020. I'm going to have a time where you can come and you can line up right out here. Brian's going to be holding the microphone, and uh, you're going to have a time to stand up here and just introduce who you are, just say something that you're grateful for. And again, church, this is the opportunity for the church to come and to be the church. How many of you guys have ever experienced this where you come and, and the thing that you needed to hear was a testimony of God working through somebody else, even more so than a sermon on any given day, or more so than a song or whatever it may be. It may be a congregational gathering and time of worship where God meets you in the middle of that place and he gives you that word of encouragement. That's what today, today is going to be about. And so um, it's, we're going to come and we're going to express gratitude to him, not only because it's good for us to do this. We know this is actually good for our mental, emotional health. I was reading an article by USA Today a little while ago. It was talking about this is one of the keys to effective marriages is the ability to express gratitude towards one another. And so there's something that takes place in the formulation of words and the expression of those words to another person, uh, which makes us stronger. So not only are we doing it because it actually is good for us to express gratitude to the Lord, but he is more than worthy of it all. And I hope we understand that. Even in 2020, 20, when things have been really difficult, things have been very weird and um, uh, just displaced, and there's been so many interruptions throughout this year, he is worthy of all of our worship, all of our praise, and all of our gratitude today. So we're going to give that back to him today, and I think this is going to be uh, a, beautiful, a beautiful time and, and a, a good time sharing some stories. Uh, I've had one passage that's been on in my heart. I wanted to share this with you. It comes from Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. But this is Paul writing to the church in Colossae. And what I love about this passage is he's actually writing this from prison. And uh, I don't know if you've ever felt where you're going, hey, I don't know that there's a whole lot of circumstantial things I can be grateful for. But Paul is sitting here and from prison, he's writing to the church. And here's what he says. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And be thankful let the message of Jesus Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so that's what this time is about. This is a time where we are admonishing one another, praising God the Father, and lifting each other up through songs and, 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 and expressions of gratitude today. And so uh, with that, I'm going to invite Dick Simmons to go ahead and come on up here. And uh, Brian, if you can hand that. Uh, will you guys help me in welcoming Dick up to the stage today? I'll tell you, uh, Dick and I had a chance to sit down a number of weeks ago, and uh, you're going to hear why I was so encouraged. But this is a season where uh, there's a lot of disruption and there's a lot of different things uh, just taking place in the world around. And I'll tell you, this is one of the most encouraging conversations I had with Dick about 
uh, the peace of God and, and how he's kind of come and just solidified him and strengthened him in this season. And so, Dick, I want to say thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. At my uh, age, I'm grateful to be anywhere. <laughs> is that how it is? Well, I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that you're sharing with us a little bit this morning. Before you get into um, uh, your statement of what you're most gra- grateful for in 2020, will you just share a little bit about your testimony and kind of how you got to where you are today? Okay, you'll hear more about my testimony in the, as, as we get into gratitude, but uh, I, tell, I told uh, Aaron, I spent the first 30 years of my life uh, running from God, and about the next 30 years running into God, and the last 14 years, I've kind of slowed down enough to catch up to God, and the kind of, those like a, it's like a fish in the ocean. For the first 30 years, I didn't think there was such, a, there was anything called water, but the next 30 years, somebody said, there is water, and I got so excited, I, I became something like one of those salmons that's always trying to find its spawning grounds, <laughs> trying to get closer and closer to God, and finally realized the water is all around me. It's in me. It's through me. I can relax and enjoy the goodness of God all the time. I'm in the ocean, and the water's all around me and in me. That's good. So, Dick, what are you... Um I know there's a lot to your testimony and stuff, and you're going to get into that in just a little bit, but if you could just boil it down, what would you say you're most grateful to the Lord for in 2020? Well, I've got to say I'm grateful for all of you guys. I was looking at Steve and Wendy coming in. Gosh, a lot of, a lot of memories, right? A lot of times to encourage each other. That's what this body is all about, and all of you guys, uh, Gary there. But uh, I'm grateful for my family, my kids. I was telling them uh, last time, uh, a year ago at Thanksgiving, we all got together, and my kids drove my old Chevy Avalanche. And uh, they got together and conspired, decided Dad needed a new ride. And uh, they went out and got me this Subaru Avalanche, uh, Outback, Subaru Outback. And uh, it, was, you know, it was fun. It was good. I'm glad. Uh, uh, but it was unexpected. And, uh, but at any rate, then in March, I'm, glad, I'm grateful for my wife. Right? I love my wife. She announced we were going to have a kitchen remodel. And I'm thinking, ooh, where's the money going to come from for this? So you know, I'm thinking, I got this little car now. And maybe I could make some income to cover the cost with the Uber. So I signed up to drive for Uber. And I guarantee you, it, at first it was kind of to make money, but now I just absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I get to meet the most interesting people who have the most interesting jobs and the most interesting stories. And what I have done is to listen to their stories. What are their concerns? What are their uh, aspirations? But what are their fears? And there is a lot of fear right now, guys, a lot of fear in this season. And uh, so what I've did is I began to think, where does my testimony, where does the gospel have something to meet their fears? And so what I'll do is after I hear some of their story and wherever their story intersects with mine, I'll begin my story to tell them that, uh, you know, uh, we've got to get back to the basics around here. Uh, it, that's what this message is from this COVID thing. God said a long time ago, Jesus said a long time ago, if we want to have a happy, healthy, secure, and productive life, all we got to do is love God with all our heart and mind and soul and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. Three people, God, self, and neighbor. And in America today, we're not doing a very good job of loving any one of those three. Mm-hmm. We don't love ourselves enough to take good care of our bodies. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I used to smoke. And, you know, if I'm doing those things, I shouldn't be surprised if a virus comes along and puts me in the hospital or worse. Uh, and, uh, but, but in love of the neighbor, 
we have really fallen down there. You know, six months ago, Dr. Fauci gets on TV and says, we got to start washing our hands. Well, duh. <laughs> we all, when did we get so insulated into our little Facebook worlds that we forgot that what we do impacts other people? Yeah. We've got, if I want to be healthy and happy and secure, I have a need to be proactive in seeking my neighbor's happiness and security and health. Otherwise, mine is jeopardized. But where we've really fallen down is in the love of God. And we've kicked him out of our schools, out of our social institutions, out of uh, a lot of people, a lot of churches have kicked him out. You know that? Yeah. Uh, a lot of our government, mostly out of our personal lives. But you pay a high price when you kick God out of your world. Because if you do not know that there is a God who is head over heels in love with you, who has this seemingly chaotic world well under control, and that he has arranged time and space in order to allow you to know that you can trust him for your future. If you can't trust that God for your future, then you're going to live with fear. That's the only alternative. Uh, I will tell you, I had a guy the other day who says, well, I'm not afraid. He was a 20 year, he was 20 years old, just out of college. I mean, his whole life, I said, son, you haven't done enough face plants yet. Give it time. Youthful optimism will essentially, is eventually it'll wane a little bit and reality begins to set, set in and the future becomes ominous. So if you don't know that there's a God, you, fear is the default position. And then you begin to try to control the future by manipulating and controlling people and circumstances now to guarantee the outcome you want in the future, okay? But I don't care how charismatic, how wealthy, how powerful you are. You could be a billionaire president of the United States, but you can't make COVID go away. And the harder you try, the more frustrated you get. And the combination of fear of the future and frustration with your inability to control the future, if you let that get inside and internalize it, it becomes fear and it becomes depression and anxiety. If you let it get outside, it becomes anger and violence. And in our country today, half of us struggle with depression and the other half are out burning things down and shooting people and we don't know why. The answer is, We've forgotten or maybe never knew that there's a God who loves us, who has our future under control. So that when our plans don't work out, we don't have to come off the rail and start shooting people or uh, slip into depression. We just know God had other plans and his plans are okay. So we just move in a different direction, right? And I wanted, when I was a young man, for there to be a God like that, uh, that I could trust for my future. But I had also been told that that God was the great moral policeman of the universe, and I thought his primary job was to punish me when I got out of line. And I had gotten so far out of line. I was an alcoholic. I was losing my family and my daughter. Uh, I, had, I was quitting a perfectly good job in the Air Force because of my frustration. And I thought if I got close to that kind of a God, I would be incinerated. I would be toast. So I ran from that God as long as I could, as hard as I could, until I'd come up against too many dead ends, too many face plants. And uh, somebody came to my house and said, Dick, he's not like that. God doesn't punish your sins. Your sin is its own punishment. You just hurt yourself when you try to live in ways that you were never designed to live. You're only banging your head against reality. Jesus didn't come into the world to make you a better controller. Jesus came to show you and demonstrate by his own life 
that his father, the God of the universe, can be trusted even in the worst of circumstances. When we were nailing him to a cross and cursing him and blaming him for all the problems that we had caused, he doesn't descend into depression. He doesn't lash out in vindictiveness or anger. He just looks me square in the eye and he says, Dick, I love you, man. I forgive you. You don't know what you're doing. If you'll let me, I'll come into your life and straighten up the mess. And, you know, I thought if God were more like that, maybe I could trust him. And uh, in a rare moment of humility and honesty, I admitted that I couldn't run the universe on my own. I needed help. And I asked Jesus if he'd come in my life. I didn't really believe he existed. I didn't believe it was possible. But within four weeks, he had taken away my desire to drink. Uh, he gave uh, me my beautiful wife back, Linda. Uh, we've now been married 48 years. And he uh, gave me a better job than I had before. You know, Not that everything's been rosy, but the fear of the future goes away. The anxiety over trying to control everything goes away. And especially the regret and guilt over all the pain that I had caused so many people that I loved goes away. I learn now that every mistake I ever made is just a learning opportunity to learn how much God loves me. So every day now becomes like Christmas morning. And you jump out of bed and you run into the living room and under the tree there's this big beautiful package all wrapped up with pretty paper. And you know that it's been put there by somebody who loves you, who knows what you need, knows what you like. And you, it, on the label it says, Dick, November 29, 2020. Put your name in there. It's your day. It's your gift. And uh, so uh, you tear the paper off. You look inside and you step back and scratch your head and say, wait a minute. What is this? I didn't ask for this. But what it is is a bazillion piece puzzle but no picture to show you what the puzzle looks like. And you're thinking, Ooh, why would somebody who loves me give me something that's just going to frustrate me? But the answer is that a loving parent will give his child a complicated task, not to frustrate them, but they want to sit down and work it together. And in the process of working it together, the child learns a longer attention span, learns patience, learns how to handle frustration, to ask for help when they need especially they learn they can trust their parent, that their parent knows how the puzzle works. And even more so, as I, they learn, you can ask for help when you need it. And that's what I wasn't doing. I didn't, I didn't ask for help because I thought I'd run the universe on my own. But I guarantee you, our lives are far too complex for any of us to run them on our own. And all God is waiting for, they call it the divine humility. He was willing to take a number and wait patiently in line until we've tried every other option. And when every other option has failed, he's there with his arms open, ready to receive us, saying, come on home. I've been waiting for you for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, uh, the C.S. Lewis says, there's one thing we'll all say when we get to the gate of heaven. And I always delay for a moment, one, if you give you a chance to think, what would we all say? Well, he says it's of course. We will look from the perch of heaven back on the completed puzzle of our lives and realize what a beautiful picture it is and why every piece was necessary. Even the pieces I wouldn't have chosen, even the pieces that were so frustrating when I got them, there was a place for all of it. And it was all good. Yeah. And uh, that's the story I get to tell 
the people I ride with, and I get to tell it four or five times a day. It's, I'm just loving it. It's, and that's the deal. It's possible to live without fear. Yeah. But it's not easy, because some days that puzzle piece may be COVID or cancer or a failed relationship or a death. And that's when we need each other to come alongside each other, that God comes to us through the church, through each other, to encourage us when we're tempted to doubt that God loves us, that he's got it all under control. So, uh, you know, you guys are in the right place, and we need each other so desperately. But we have everything we need in you guys, so thank you. That's it. Dick, thank you for sharing all that, man. I'll tell you this. I, when we, we sat and we talked a few weeks back and we're, we're catching up on how things are going and how, how, how you're processing, I, f- I saw the peace of God in your life right now in a, in a time of, uh, yeah, a lot of dissension and a lot of instability and everything. You sat there and talked about um, sitting in the love of God for you in a way that, uh, that actually had depth and meaning to it. And you could see the peace in you. And so I don't know if anybody needs to hear that. Um, uh, 30 years running from God, 30 years running to him and past him, and then the past 15 just sitting and resting in the presence of God. Uh, absolutely beautiful. I, I, I loved what you were talking about. Um, Hal Hobbecker, one of our, our previous senior pastor before I started here about five years ago, one of his ministries is, uh, is finishing well, and he talks a lot about finishing well and, uh, and how retirement is not a thing for the believer. The mission of God is always before us. And I see that in you, and I love the stories about Uber. Will you just share real quickly just kind of what you, what you say to people and kind of how those, how those things go? Well, I just ask, and you know, I tell them, I get a, a guy in the car, or a lady in the car, and uh, it tells me how long it's going to take to get where I'm taking them. And I said, okay, ma'am, you now have five minutes to tell me your life story. <laughs> and, uh, and it's really amazing. Everybody starts the same way. Yeah. Oh, it's not very interesting. I really don't have much to say. And then all of a sudden, they unfold these amazing stories. Yeah. Absolutely amazing stories that you just wouldn't believe. Some are incredibly encouraging. Some are incredibly sad. But the gospel has an answer for all of it. Yes, it does. That even in your sadness, God loves you. Even in your exhilaration, God loves you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just enjoy doing it. Buddy. That's awesome. It's like listening is powerful or something, right? <laughs> that's it. Church, will you help me thank uh, Dick for coming and sharing a little bit of his story? <laughs> Appreciate that, man. I'll tell you, this, not, this next story we're going to share is going to be, uh, we recorded a video a little bit earlier. They're not able to come in and share it with us live or anything, but this is a story of healing, and this is one of the themes we heard a lot from the first service is that God is still a God who is healing, and he's meeting you in the middle of that place, and he's bringing about supernatural he- healing. And so this is Kim and Chris Essen, Warren Truesdale. Our junior high minister did an interview with them a little while ago, so let's, let's sit and listen to this one. Hello, DVC. My name is Warren Truesdale, the middle school director, and I'm here uh, on Zoom interviewing uh, two really awesome people that I've gotten to know over the last uh, year and a half, two years, um, and they have a uh, wonderful, um, dark, but also joyful uh, story uh, to tell us today. So if y'all could go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us what you're grateful for. Okay, I'm Kim, and this is my husband, Chris Essen. Um, and this year we are uh, particularly grateful, especially today, because we got the official report today from the oncologist that uh, I am breast cancer free um, and no more chemotherapy either or radiation. <laughs> so, 
it has been a wonderful day today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like divine providence that we've been doing this interview today because we've been trying to figure out when we're going to do it. And then I, I saw the news and I was like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. So, so what news do you get after all, all this COVID, everything is happening? May, 20, May 26, what happens? So I found a lump in my breast in April, um, a new lump. I've had lumps. Late April. Yeah, late April. Um, and uh, my mother died from breast cancer. Mm. And um, and so a week or so, I've been monitoring lumps in my breast for a long time. So for all the women who are listening, self-exam, know your breasts. It's very important. Um, and I got a call from my OBGYN who was like, hey, you were like one of the first appointments opening up post-COVID. Do you want to keep your appointment on May 15th? And I was like, well, yeah, because I was like, well, I've got this lump. I should go in. So yeah. we go in and she and I are talking about it um, or talking about my toe that was infected was what we were actually talking about. And then she was like, have you felt this? And I said, yes. And she was like, doesn't feel the same. And I said, I thought it was kind of different too. She's like, well, you're due for your mammogram next month. And I was like, let's go ahead and go on in while it's slow. So COVID yeah. worked in our favor because nobody was going to get their mammograms. Nobody was meeting with oncologists. Nobody was doing anything. Right. So I had my biopsy on May 22nd. On May 26th, we were told it was triple negative ductal carcinoma. Um, wow. And it's, it's a very invasive cancer. Mm. And um, on June 8th, I met my surgeon. June 9th, I met my oncologist. June 17th, I had a port put in and we started chemo June 19th. Wow. So, which is incredibly fast in the chemo or in the cancer world. Yeah. Right. Because usually it's two to three months to get appointments even before you're starting all of that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was scary because it was the exact same breast cancer that my mother had died from. Okay. Wow. And, um, you know, you just have a lot going through your head when that goes on of, you know, is this it? Right. Um, and, what was so funny about it was, is that I, and we're going to have a dog join us here on the side, um, a hundred pounds of love. Who's going to squeeze yes. it in. And, um, is that I was really, really calm throughout the crisis or throughout the diagnosis and everything. And the kinders had come over right after we, we were diagnosed. And I said, you know, it's one of these things of that I know I'm being carried. Like, I don't have to feel guilty Mm. about praying to God about this because I was already so strong on my walk yeah. at this time that I didn't have to feel guilty about leaning into him and asking right. for this and being carried, which right. is what I think happened a lot. Like I feel very woke today to use a word Riley likes to use. I'm probably not using it right either. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just been a fog for the last yeah. six months. But I believe yeah. so strongly that that's because God was carrying me through that time. Wow. And Darren said something to me that night. He said, he goes, maybe that's why God put you on this path two years ago. Yeah. So you'd be ready for this yes. when it happened. Firmly, I am firmly convinced that we were led to DBC mm -hmm. because of what, what was going to happen to Kim. Wow. I'm yeah. 100% convinced in my heart that there was a reason, the reason for us being at DBC was not Riley, but rather what was going on, what was going to go on with Kim. We needed wow. to be in a place that would carry carry us mm -hmm. and help us. And you know, we've had that we've had that from DBC 
from okay. day one. For, yeah, from day one. I mean, every single chemotherapy appointment that Kim had, typically they were on Fridays. Friday morning beforehand, Darren and Heather Kinder would show up at our house and pray over us. Mm-hmm. the the night before The night before surgery, um, before double mastectomy at the end of October, uh, we went over to their house and they had. Uh, Jennifer Griggs, Susan and Marvin, Susan Marvin, and them. Darren FaceTimed in from Tennessee, where he was at work, to pray over us. Mm-hmm. And I, I can remember telling my small group at one point, I was like, "I just want to touch y'all because I feel so lit up in His love that yeah. I want to touch other people and let them feel what I'm feeling, even though I'm sicker than a dog." And you right. know. Right. having to soak my hands in ice every chemo appointment and everything else but you know it it it's just it's just been amazing and then you combine that with medicine which i firmly believe that god would not let us find these medicines unless he wanted us to use them yeah, absolutely. um and we were and i was part of a clinical trial too which we chose um to help other women be able to have a much less severe treatment like i was able to have for a super scary cancer yeah um but it's just it's been so many people in the church it's not just been i mean you know other than you know darren insisting on giving chris covid which you know (laughs) between my second and third chemo so that we had to live separate in the house wow yeah Yeah. he's a giver that one you know yeah Yeah. Yeah, the way that the way the church has reached out yes and it's interesting it was it not only not only to kim but to me as well yeah and that i mean just and, and y'all to riley y'all reached out to make sure he's but been you know, carried it too. meant it meant the world it was just like you know because the you know it's the focus obviously is on kim but you know i was it was i got a lot i got a card um mm-hmm that, you know, that said, you know, we've been praying over you and all this and, you know, the small groups, the, the, just, just the, the, the people, breakfasts. yeah, the, you know, going to the men's breakfast, things like that. It's all, it, yeah. it all played a great part. I mean, it is, we're not here. We are not here right as we're sitting right here right now without the prayers and the people from DBC mm-hmm. and ultimately God's grace. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I think that's probably a good place to to stop I was it. Let's say our gratitude yeah. is not only obviously beating breast cancer, but Dallas Bible Church for sure. Wow. Because we 100%. wouldn't have made it without them. Amen. Amen. Or without y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay you to say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all so much, Chris and Kim, for sharing the story um, and for encouraging us. And um, wow, we're gonna keep praying for you and. Um, rejoice with you because of the news just just found out today (laughs) um so praise god that's awesome so thank you so much for doing this no not a problem thank y'all amen amen that's a good one how many of you guys would say one of the things you're grateful for this year is community coming around you and uh, and lifting you when you needed to be lifted and 
Uh, that is one of the th- constant themes that I've been hearing left and right all over the place. And one of the things I'm grateful for in the church, we've said all the way back in March when we started going online, a little reminder that the church is not just a building, it's definitely not a building, and it's not just what we do on Sunday mornings, although that is very central uh, to what we do in the gathering of people over here. The church is the people coming together for the praise and for the glory of God, and it takes place not just Sunday morning, but Monday through Saturday and every, every time in between. And some of these stories that we've been hearing even in first service and, and in that one right there are testimonies to exactly that, the church coming and, and being the hands and feet of Jesus in that time of need. Uh, in, and it's what Hebrews is talking about. Let us, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day of Jesus Christ draw near. And that is what we do. We, we, we lift each other up, we encourage, we challenge, and we stimulate. And, and I love hearing some of those stories. Uh, Brian, if you want to come on up, we're going to move now into some one-minute testimonies. And, and this is always risky because I don't know if you're shy or if you're willing to share or whatever it may be. But again, church, I want to, I want to encourage you. Um, would you be available to just let God use you in something that you're grateful for, uh, for the edification of the body and anybody that may be tuning in online? Uh, so what we're going to do is I'm going I'm to invite you to stand up and you can come up here to the front if you'd like. Uh, you'll, you'll line up over here. Uh, Brian will invite you up here. You'll just uh, introduce yourself, say who you are, uh, and say, this is what I'm grateful for this year. And then you can share a few words about you know, the meaning or the backstory or anything like that. But again, church, this is our opportunity to be the church, to praise God together, and to tell your story of gratitude to the Lord. And so with that, Brian, I'm going to turn it over. You're welcome to stand, and if you'll come up here. And uh, so Brian isn't all alone up here, and uh, you can kick it off, man. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Um, one thing I just wanted to share is just how grateful I am that, uh, that God is working in his church. Even in the midst of a pandemic um, and this thing called COVID, uh, God is still at work. And I'm just grateful that we got to baptize over 15 people during a pandemic. <laughs> I mean, that, that's awesome to me. And to be able to set up a baptistry out in the parking lot, to worship together out in the parking lot, and then to see these young people uh, and adults just following Christ um, in baptism was just absolutely awesome. So I'm grateful that, that we're seeing God at work um, in his church. And, um, and there's so much uh, to be grateful for here at DBC. I'm also grateful for my family. Um, I, I'm not far, believe it or not, from being an empty nester. Um, and I never dreamt I would be saying that. Uh, and I'm just incredibly grateful for, for my kids who love the Lord um, and are, are pursuing him. And so with that, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just invite you, if you want to share something that you're grateful for, um, how you've seen the Lord work in your life, or even a story that you've seen or heard of how God has been working uh, here at DBC. I want to invite you to come on up and you can share. And as I shared in the first service, um, uh, I believe one of the gifts God has uh, given me is to be able to sit in silence. So I'm going to not sit, but I'm going to stand here, and I'm okay with silence. <laughs> Some people aren't okay with that, but I'm okay with that. But I want to invite you to come now if you'd like to come share a story. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Hi. Um, Several weeks ago, I was, uh, sometimes I get up early in the morning and 
just sort of sit before the Lord and try to listen. And, and uh, sometimes it's very active prayer. Sometimes it's just sitting there in confusion <laughs> and wondering what, what God wants to say. And several weeks ago, I'd, I was up one morning and, and I just felt burdened about everything. Felt, you know, burdened with business uh, things that were going on. I felt burdened with uh, dissension. I felt burdened with uh, the state of the nation, the state of the church, just burdened. And I, for about an hour, I just sat there and just sort of praying in my heart, just not even knowing what to pray. And the Lord led me to the scripture, and it just, I can't tell you what kind of peace it brought. But I just want to, it's a short scripture, it's Psalm 46, and this is what he led me to. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. He's always there. It doesn't matter where you are. God is always there. He's there before you even got there. <laughs> uh, Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And sometimes we, you know, with all the things that are going on around us culturally, that's what we feel, or that's what I feel sometimes, like it's a surge. It's just it's troubled water all around. And it follows by this. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And there's something in that that just said so loudly, I'm in control. Um, you know, and I love that part that says, God is within. And I thought about the church in general. God is within her. She will not fail. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. And so I, uh, as I read over the scripture, and um, it just settled in my heart, I, I felt like I should post it. And I don't post a lot on Facebook. I really felt I should post that on Facebook. And I can't tell you how many responses I got. But one of the things that I said when I posted, I said, I have a feeling that I'm not the only one that are, that's feeling this. And I got so many responses saying, this is, this is exactly what we need. I mean, people hadn't, I hadn't heard from in years. <laughs> so this is exactly what we need. So I think it's a, real, it's a real reminder in the midst of the turmoil that we've had in this last year and as we go into this future year. And, and God holds all those things in his hand. And he will fulfill his purpose for us. He'll fulfill his purpose for the church. And uh, he, will, he will be exalted. Thank you, Gary, for sharing. Appreciate that. Stephanie? Oh, okay. All right. Hey, buddy. How are you? 
Tell us your name, okay? What's your name? My name is Cannon Seifert, and um, I'm grateful for that we can come to church and that um, God lets us come here and that we're not on lockdown right now, <laughs> and we can go to school, and just that we're all safe. That's a good word, Cannon. Good job. Is that, is that it? Hey, give me a high five. Well done. Good job, buddy. Thanks for your courage. It's good stuff. Stephanie, I'm grateful for your dad who helps me uh, coach our men's softball team. It's awesome. Yeah. Hey, Stephanie, how are you? I'm grateful for Stephanie who leads our, uh, our ELC, um, our creation station ministry here during the week and pours into um, just tons of kids uh, throughout the week. So we're grateful, Stephanie, for your leadership uh, there. Share with us. Um, as you said, I'm Stephanie Jernigan. My husband, Jason, I've been coming here for over 12 years. And just a few things to be thankful, well, many things to be thankful for. First of all, personally, our family extended and friends have just been blessed during this time. We've been very provided for. I know many people are going through a lot of struggles. So we're just thankful that we've had a lot of provision during this time. And secondly, for professionally and spiritually, as Brian said, that we started an early learning center this year. During this crazy time of COVID, like almost all the programs in this area shut down. And there were so many people struggling to find a place to put their kids, not just educational, but spiritually. And the church, we are so thankful for Dallas Bible because without them, we could not have started this program. They provided not only financially, but prayers, the staff members, they put so much effort into this. So our teachers were able to come in. We have 22 staff members and 116 kids that come into this building Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and learn wonderful education. But more importantly, they get to hear Jesus. You should hear the hallways and how happy they are. And y'all, we have been healthy and we have been safe this entire time. And we are very thankful for this. So just wanted to share. Such a good word. Thank you, Stephanie. And I just want to echo that and just say how grateful we are that we've had zero transmissions um, of any kind of illness or, or anything during this time. So we, we do our, our due diligence in making sure that uh, this place is safe on a weekly basis. Okay? Anybody else? You can come up this way, T.S. That's fine. I'll, I'll allow that. <laughs> Share with us, bro. Um, so after about four-ish years of dating, I am grateful to marry my amazing wife, Taylor Weaver, in August of this year. Awesome. And um, even though we didn't get to go on the honeymoon we planned, we still got to go on a beautiful honeymoon. So we're very grateful for both of those things. It's awesome. Thanks, T.S. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of Dallas Bible Church and uh, just making an impact here. It is as well as Taylor. Uh, it's a very unique couple. I remember the first time I met y'all. It's Taylor and Taylor. I couldn't mess that up. Uh, that was awesome. Um, so anybody else you want to share? Okay. Awesome. Hi, Penny. How are you? Good. I don't like speaking in front of people. Um, so my, my name is Penny Paris, and my husband Marty is one of the elders, and we're about to celebrate 29 years. So hang on, Taylor and Taylor. So um, I am super, super grateful for um, my husband and just the way he has 
loved me through the years. And we, um, so I will just say, um, for those who know him, what you see um, at church and about is um, not a facade. He is just as genuine and loving and probably maybe even more goofy at home than he is out. And um, what I'm so grateful for this year is most of you know, it's hard to breathe, sorry. Um, many of you know we we moved into a new home, and it wasn't exactly where I wanted to be, but because um, I am following a godly man, I could rest when he was insistent on, nope, this is it, this is the house. I can say, okay, and I can relax and trust his leadership. And, um, and also just even as an elder with everything in the church and how well he leads, I can sit back and say, you know what, I am so grateful. My husband is one of the elders because I can just sit back and I can relax and trust. He is seeking the Lord with all of his heart. And, um, and that gives me such confidence in, um, with Dallas Bible Church and all of the elders in general, just knowing that um, this is, we've been here, oh gosh, 18 years. And um, so we've been here a long time and this is our family. And, um, and so I'm just so grateful for our church and for my family, as I know, that's just easy to say, church and family, but with all of my heart, it truly is. I'm grateful. Thank you, Penny. I want to, I want to add to that before, um, anybody else comes or before Aaron comes back up. Um, I was away with my son on a, on a trip, um, a couple of weekends ago, and I just asked him, I said, hey, if you could say to me, you know, hey, here's a man that is like a hero to me. Who would that be? And he said, Marty. Because Marty's, <laughs> sorry, Marty, maybe this is an empty nest uh, emotion uh, coming up because he's only about a year and a half away. But Marty's been invested in my son for years as his small group leader in our youth ministry. So not only is he an elder, serving as an elder, which doesn't pay well at all, okay, because it pays nothing, <laughs> um, but he's also volunteering in the next generation, investing and pouring into the next generation, okay? Uh, my only disappointment uh, is that my son now wants to go to UT, um, and so, um, so <laughs> for all the Longhorns, um, that's his number one school, but Marty, thank you for pouring into young people. Sometimes you may not think, or, or am, am I making a difference? Is this having an impact? It really is. It really, really is. So anybody else want to share? Okay, Aaron, I'm going to hand it back to you. For doing that. that was one of the, I'll tell you what, some of the uh, common themes that we've been hearing all morning, that God is still active in healing. We've heard a number of people tell testimonies of, uh, of healing of different sicknesses and things like that. God is still active in healing. Uh, we've been praising him for community. We've been, many families came forward in the first hour, and I love this one, uh, the reminder of, of uh, the, beautiful, the beauty of, our, of, of the quiet time and family was one that a lot of people were talking about a lot, just being able to sit home and be able to uh, reconnect together as, um, in the same home. And so that was a, an afforded grace that a lot of people were very grateful for there. I am very thankful for the safety we've had at DBC. That was one of the things that uh, we've talked about. We haven't had any uh, transmissions here at the church and any of the different things that have been taking place. Um, there have been a handful of people outside in the community that have gotten it, and everybody, uh, for the most part, has been taken care of pr pretty well. But 
Uh, God has brought a lot of safety here. And then overall, I'm just going to simply say I'm grateful to the church family. Uh, This has been a time when um, uh, the community around here has risen up and has decided to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the people around you over and all. Uh, um, all the time. We've had a number of different care, care groups that have risen up since March. Uh, I was, we were talking with our meals and our benevolence team recently that served around 25 families uh, since April, uh, about six meals per family in this time. One of the things that we've seen uh, is our benevolence fund go through the roof. And this is the thing you're going to hear from me a lot, just how grateful I am to the generosity of our church body, not just in giving of your time and your talents, also financially. And you've known that many people around here have had difficult times with jobs and loss of income and stuff. And you guys have risen to that, uh, to that, uh, for that opportunity. And our benevolence fund has been through the roof, which means that we've been able to be generous to people within our church body or immediately connected to our church body that have financial need. And that is to, to your credit, as, as God has been working through you uh, to be able to reach our families around here. And so uh, there's a lot that we could be grateful for in 2020. God is still moving. It has looked very very different. There have been a number of different obstacles, but we know what the end result is, even in pruning seasons, do we not? If this is a season when God may be cutting back a little bit, and it may be difficult, and it may be harder than ever before in a number of different ways, we know what the end result is. When God is pruning in a thing, there's a more fruitful tree in the near future. And that is our hope and our prayer, is that God would be doing a more beautiful thing in and through this time, and that we would be faithful to stick with him and to keep following and to keep worshiping and loving one another along the way. And so a lot to be grateful for. Kim, I'm going to invite you guys to come on up here. We're going to close out uh, with the song, and then they're going to sing over you in just a moment. And this is a time I want to encourage you to just reflect on some of the lyrics of this song. I don't know where, what you're coming to the table with today. I don't know if Thursday was a day that uh, you jumped up around the table and you had a lot to share. Uh, or maybe this is a season where it's hitting you in a little heavier fashion. And gratitude may be a little bit more difficult. I love the lyrics of this song because it's calling your hearts to sing and to praise God. Uh, in the middle of a season like this. And so she's going to sing this over us in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to listen to some of these lyrics, and then we'll stand and we'll sing one more time together. Uh, But before that, I'm going to invite you to pray with me, and then we'll jump into that. But Father, we do love you, God. We do praise you, and we thank you. Lord, you are more than glorious. You are more than worthy of all praise and honor and affection we can give you today. And so, Jesus, I pray right now that you would meet someone who Uh, came in today. Maybe they do have a lot to celebrate. Father, I pray that they would recognize that you are the giver of all things. We sing and we praise you because you are the author and perfecter of our faith. God, you are active. You give us your presence in the form of community, in the indwelling Holy Spirit, through the words of the Word of God. Father, you never leave us nor forsake us. We praise you and we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for the people that came in today and maybe they're having a hard time lifting their head. I pray that you would help them lift it today, that they would fix their eyes on you. The almighty King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Father, would you fill their heart with joy? Would you fill their heart with confidence today? Would, they let you, would you let them see your hand all over the place, Lord God? Father, we praise you. I thank you for this church, the people that are in it, the way that they love you, the way that they love one another so well. Father, we love you, we praise you, we give you our evening. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.